Welcome back to That's Helpful with me, Ed Stott. Today, Christmas is a really fun time, but for so many of us, it can be full of relationships that are super tricky to navigate. Sibling rivalries, tricky parenting dynamics, and of course, the in-laws. Fear not though, I am your Christmas elf and I've called in some help. Dr. Terry Apter is a psychologist and Cambridge University academic who specializes in dealing with difficult relationships. She's the author of What Do You Want From Me? Learning to get along with in-laws and passing judgment, praise and blame in everyday life. Now, before we get into this conversation, I have to warn you that I selected the wrong microphone for this interview and so in part it sounds like I'm coming to you from the loo. I promise you I did not record this episode sat on the toilet (laughs) and my input in this episode is minimal so it shouldn't be too irritating for you plus what Dr Terry Apter has to say is absolutely fascinating but I did just want to warn you about my terrible sound quality because I don't want you to think that I'm coming to you from the loo. I began the conversation by asking Dr. Apter whether she'd experienced any of these interactions herself and if her advice comes from real life. Uh, I think all of us have had experience with this, and certainly I have. Um, You know, difficult relationships with particularly in-laws, less so for me with siblings, but I understand that. Uh, And uh, I think it has a lot to do with just how families are, and we will talk about that. But there is also something very special about the holiday season. And I think a lot of that is that we have very, very high expectations um, of what a holiday should be, the holiday spirit, how we should be together as a family in the holiday. So it should be lovely. It should be um, ideal. Everyone should be happy. Uh, They should be enormously pleased with any gift you give them. Um, They should be very grateful for all of the work you're doing in preparing the meal, cleaning your house, or perhaps traveling to their house. They should be very grateful. And it turns out that that may not be the case, that you're still left with the same glitches, the same annoyances um, on any other day. And if you feel that this is a big letdown because it's a holiday, that somehow you've let the, someone is letting the team down if everyone is not having a good, great time, if everyone is not getting on, you feel, um, you know, you feel a failure or you feel they're failing you and it's a frustration. So a lot of it is the added expectation of and and the idealization of how a family should be on a holiday. And then, of course, it doesn't help that on these, especially the winter holidays, nothing nothing else is happening outside your home. So um, everything is focused there. There are no distractions. And then on top of that, you're eating, you may be drinking, um, and this can make you feel lethargic. It can, um, it can reduce your ability to reason, to reflect, and uh, to control your impulses. So, you know, in many ways, it's a perfect storm rather than a perfect gathering. And, you know, whilst we can all, um, you know, relate to that, we all do buy into this idea of the perfect Christmas. 
And and we are often reluctant to talk about unhappy family gatherings or awkward estrangements. But how common is this kind of tricky relationship, this scenario in our lives? Well, it's incredibly common. Um, I think, you know, in in 90% of families, there's... um, a sense that something is about to happen or might happen, that there's always a risk and that um, if you think that it's absolutely terrible, if um, there's a meltdown or there are crosswords um, or there's a falling out, if you think that that's terrible and you know that it might happen, then that adds to the stress, which of course adds to the likelihood that, you know, things will fall apart. Uh, Why is it we don't talk about it? Well, part of it deals with the norms of conversation. You know, simple. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Um, You know, sometimes if uh, there are are cases in which it's okay to complain, um, especially in my academic world. Um, One of the things you complain about is, oh, I'm so busy. So it's a sort of faux complaint in which you're really bragging about, you know, how much you have to do because people are asking so much of you or because, you know, your work is so important. Um, So there can be little variations on that. But to say, um, you know, oh, it was okay, or it wasn't great, and I'm really having trouble with, I don't see how to deal with my daughter-in-law, you know, I do my best, I say the right, you know, I try to say the right thing, and it's always the wrong thing, and I don't know what to do. That really changes the conversation. And if someone is just speaking to you and passing about how are you, they don't expect that. (laughs) And that will uh, sort of rumble the conversation. And you might be, you know, if you're very lucky, you've said that to someone who's a good listener who will stop and say, oh, gosh, you know, yeah, I I know exactly what that is. And, um, you know, it's so common. But most of the time, you'll get someone who says, oh, oh, and will want to run away as soon as possible. So, you know, they say it's good to talk, but talking is really difficult. And um, it isn't only that talking is difficult, listening is difficult. Mm, that is so true. And so, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, um, you know, in that people often talk about is that when they go home or when their partners go home, they tend to then revert to like a past version mm. of themselves. Is that true or is this something we're imagining? And, and if it is true, what, what causes well, that? Well, it is true. And there are various things that cause it. So, um you have really deep memories about your relationship with someone. So, you know, you go home and people aren't just themselves. They're people in relationship with other people. And you go home and you're, say, with your um, mother or with your father and, um, you know, you, you're you used to your mother um, doing everything for you, perhaps. Let's say um, you're a, you know, you're a, you're a son uh, who's also a, a husband and, and a father, but you come home and you can fall into that routine of mom's going to do everything. And also mom's the, um, you know, she, she is the final word on everything and she's 
controlling this. You know, she's she's the director. She's the A woman. And that can, of course, drive um, his wife crazy because she wants to be, you know, vis-a-vis him. She wants to be the A woman. She wants to have the direct influence. Um, and for him to say, well, you know, mom, you're right. And you do this. And um, I'm not going to I'm going to let you do everything. So it's a habit. And uh, a lot of our habits are context driven. I mean, that's why if you have a really big, bad habit, a good advice is not just to concentrate on your will, you know, uh, avoiding the bad habit, but avoiding the context in which you fall into those bad habits. So you go, you know, when you're with your parents, you're again relating to them as, you know, you did 10, 15, 20 years before. And so it's the spouse who can see this and say, you know, you're her little boy again, you're not taking responsibility, you're not standing up for me. Um, And sometimes um, the old habits are old irritations. You know, I'm Uh, I'm big enough, I'm mature enough, I'm confident enough not to be put down by something my dad says or my mom or my sister. You know, um, I'm no longer in this uh, sibling rivalry with my sister. I'm confident, but all she has to do is, you know, she knows how to press your buttons and um, just one little thing um, about praising someone else who is maybe doing the same sort of thing you're doing or undermining something that she knows you're proud of. You know, all of these things, you're just back to those spats that you had when you were 15. Um, And, you know, when you're fuming and you want to complain to other people and you want to, you know, spit at her. So, um, you know, that's, those are those deep memories. And of course, you know, the people you're dealing with are also having deep memories and seeing you not necessarily as you are, or you'd like to be seen, you know, at 25 or 35 or 45, but are seeing you, you know, as you were at 19 or 29. Um, And that can be quite disconcerting because we are responding all the time to how we think other people are seeing us. Yeah, that's so interesting. It makes so much more sense when you understand the way in which you're being seen in those memories. And um, why can we sometimes feel so sensitive when it comes yeah. to our interactions with our family? You know, things we'd normally brush off from other people can yes. feel like such a personal affront. Yes, yes. And, and I mean, not only um, are we sensitive to what they say, but we are very good at reading certain, um, you know, micro, what we see as micro put downs or, um, you know, disrespect or attempts to undermine us. We're super, you know, we see them all the time. So, you know, one very common um, example is between in-laws and your mother-in-law comes to visit and maybe says, oh, I can see you've been very busy. And you think she's criticizing my 
you know, she's saying my house is a mess and she's criticizing me um, or she, she offers to clean up or to help with something. And, you know, she's criticizing me as a housekeeper or, you know, she's trying to control the children or correct the children because she doesn't think I'm doing it well enough. So we're constantly reading these messages and we're so sensitive because there's really one, there's a moral heft to how we are. Um, you know, as people in the home with our children, you know, even even with household dust, um, you know, for all the change there's been, we feel morally responsible for this. And, and, and uh, we feel um, undermined if someone is criticizing us for, you know, what we're doing in the home. And this is especially tr- strong for women. Men are much better first at not uh, being having that the, the, those very loudly tuned antennae to what might be um, some kind of undermining remark or disrespect in the home, uh, because for all the change there's been, they don't feel that their moral worth is on the line, um, and they're also much better at letting these things pass. So, uh, but women are very very sensitive to this, um, and partly, as I say, because. The, you know, they're, they're aroused, you know, looking for it almost. And also because of these deep memories. So one little remark from your sister that seems to put you down will um, resonate with all those other uh, times that you remember when she put you down. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you have a long, long, um, you know, many heavy beads on one, uh, uh, suddenly on one string because of what's going on now. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're always using our memories and our emotional memories, even when we think we're in control. Um, you know, those, those old emotions can just be triggered by the smallest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so we are obviously unlikely to solve all of our family tensions this Christmas. But if we do have these fractious relationships or a particular relationship that we find troubling, particularly at this time of the year, what can we do to ease some of these relations? Well, uh, okay, so you can do practical things to um, so that you don't you know, that you're better able to manage your mood. Um, so one, you know, be, be okay, be okay with yourself, you know, and it doesn't, it's, it's not going to be perfect. It's a family gathering. Things might go wrong. That doesn't mean that the whole thing is a bust. You know, um, people, you can, you can have a crossword and you can repair it. Um, a crossword doesn't mean that the whole holiday is ruined. Um, so give your, you know, give yourself a break. Uh, also, be be careful about drinking too much. You know, the first drink can make you feel nice and relaxed and seem to protect you from, you know, the aggro that you're dreading. Uh, but too much will make you feel awful, and it will lower your ability to reflect on what's actually Abs, you know, a- happening in the moment as opposed to, you know, those layered memories. Um, and it can reduce your ability to control your, your impulses, your, your temper. Uh, but also, you know, try to 
what is it that can help you? Is it going for a walk? Is it free time where you are in a room by yourself just reading or thinking or working out or doing anything? What what can bolster you and your mood? And so try to make room for that. It, you know, don't don't expect that you're going to be um, that that you're going to thrive if you're in a you know smallish house with lots of people all the time. So take care of you know that, and then uh, you know you're not responsible for everyone's happiness. So if other people aren't having a great time um, and there's some fractiousness somewhere else, uh, you know let it happen. It's not it's not your beef. So you know lower your sense of responsibility and lower your ex expectations about how how delighted people are going to be by your efforts or your gifts. You know, you can't control that. You've done your best. That's enough. Mm, absolutely. And one of the things that you say we need to be careful of is being careful of being too nice. Yeah. Why is that? Okay. Well, yes. So the, sometimes with um, relatives, particularly in-laws, but any relatives who don't, who know they have sort of an uneasy rhythm of interaction. Um, they fall into what I call the good behavior syndrome. So uh, they think that if only I'm nice, 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 um, then things will be okay. I'll be able to avoid these glitches. And when you think you have to be nice, 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 then you're always guarding what you say. You're always very careful um, and you step away from anything. And that's just exhausting. Um, actually, there have been very interesting studies showing, particularly from women, in women's case, that not speaking out, you know, trying to suppress your own views and feelings, that that is uh, actually really bad for your health. So, you know, it's bad for your health because it's bad stress. Not all stress is bad, but this kind of stress of, you know, tr trying to fit in. I'm, I, you know, I'm because I'm, also with the good behavior syndrome, you're not only thinking about what I think of as nice behavior, but what she must think of as nice behavior. What's going to please her? What can I say that pleases her? And sometimes that's going to just drive her around the bend because she can see that you're trying really hard, that you're not being spontaneous. Um, and that in itself is a kind of insult that, you know, you have to work so hard to, to be nice. And the in the good behavior syndrome mindset, you also think that any little disagreement, um, any emergence of a kind of conflict in of views of ways of doing things um, is going to erupt. And so you try to shut it down. Um, and that's awkward and um, extremely unrewarding in terms of interaction. So it's much better to, um, you know, be spontaneous, not be afraid when someone um, is is becomes heated uh, or, or argumentative. You know, instead, a much better approach is to show curiosity and warmth. You know, who are you? What are you feeling? What what is um, upsetting you in this? I want to know. You know, that's a real compliment. That's the real gift of the holiday. I want to get to know you. I want to understand you more. And if you're 
uh, emotionally heated or upset with someone thing I say, then I want to know about it. Um, you know, I'm not trying to shut it down as an insult. Trying to explore it is, um, you know, a show of warmth and, uh, you know, wanting to have a real relationship as opposed to something that just looks smooth on the outside. And one of the things that we often find tricky or that can flare up the situation even more is when our partner or other family members refuse to acknowledge the behavior that we find difficult. What can we do when that happens? You know, when they say, oh, you know, I didn't notice that or, you know, oh, you're being too too sensitive. But you know that 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 behavior is happening and you find it particularly egregious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, we all... There are there are many many cases in which um, saying oh it's nothing or you're imagining it uh, you know it's terribly off putting it's a real shutdown of um, who you are and what your feelings are I mean basically it's saying your feelings don't matter now what often happens in um, you know family interactions is it's not it's not meant like that. It's not meant to be said to say, you know, you, you know, you're wrong. You are wrong because of what you feel. Often um, your partner is saying, well, that's just how mom is. That's just how my sister is. She doesn't mean anything by it. And it's an effort to say, um, you know, it's really okay. And, At best, you know, it might be, don't be upset. You're silly to be upset. That's it. It's about its worst. But it could be, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't intended and no one is trying to undermine you or rattle you or sideline you. But even that, um, the partner is saying, oh, you're, um, I'm not on your side. I'm not going to stand up for you. And I'm not willing to, um, I'm not willing to look at things the way you are seeing them. And, you know, that's a way you feel really alone. You feel abandoned. So, um, so, well, you can say that to your partner. You know, I need you to understand my perspective. It's, it's hard because sometimes when you're upset, it's hard. You know you're upset and you know what's making you upset. It's much more difficult to think, what is it that might help? But it's worth thinking about and worth saying. And when you're doing that, you're very much minimizing the criticism because you're, you know, you're not just saying you're not doing this right. You're saying, in a way, the message is, I think, you know, you're important to me and your input would help and this is how you do it. And I think that can, you know, that can be an, a, a real step forward in such situations. I think that's so useful too, isn't it, in understanding the feelings behind why we're feeling that way. Because I think sometimes when we're in those situations and we feel yeah. that with our partners or that we're not being backed up by our family, it kind of makes us feel childish and like we shouldn't feel that way. But when you explain the emotions behind yeah. it, it makes a lot more sense. And you think, no, I actually can mm-hmm. verbalize that. And, and this is what would make that situation better. I think that's really helpful. And so when we, if we do run it, have any, um, you know, troublesome relationships in our families or, you know, with the people that we're spending time with over the holidays, should we handle each family member differently 
or should we handle them the same way or does it depend on how they're related to us do we need to take a different tack what's what's the best approach well i think the best approach is to manage your own emotions and we've talked about how maybe you can do that with you know moderating your intake of alcohol of screen time and you know getting exercise or whatever it is getting alone time so try to manage your your own feelings and you know forgive yourself for you know, these old feelings that you think are lesser than you really are. Um, but yes, in terms of um, uh, how to manage a difficult relationship, in a way, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. So uh, my sister-in-law um, is someone who's going to be um, very catty, in my view, if I talk about my interests here or there, or if I talk about a success, um, or if we talk about children and how to raise children. And, you know, she's always telling me hers are much better because of the way she raises them, or that's how I perceive it. So, um, yeah, with her, I'll take uh, one tack. I'll, um, you know, maybe steer the conversation, but if it goes that way, I can nod and walk away or I know she's going to I think I know she's going to be annoying and I'm just going to take it is 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 very good um the the trouble is and I think where we get so frustrated is somehow uh people seem very good at um being them their annoying selves no matter what we do no matter how well prepared we are and um, if we try to avoid one put down somehow they're so adept at slipping in with another one and sometimes they work together with other family members to do this um, so i think you know you're not going to be able to control their um behavior you're not going to able to you know do what you think needs to be done to clean it up um so learning how to um, maneuver it um and also learning how to forgive it yeah this is how they are and you know they need to be this is helping them for some reason that maybe you can't fathom um but it's okay and probably you do the same <laughs> reminding them that um you know, your ways of doing things are really okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, it's it's constant footwork, I'm afraid. There's um, nothing you can do to say, um, these are the steps that are always going to work um, and always going to find me safe. Um, it's, you know, moderating your, uh, your annoyance um, and um, also, you know, just sometimes just um, letting it go and, you know, looking for the good in it. Uh, you know, my mother-in-law annoys me, but she's great with the kids. The kids are delighted. So, and it's only one holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So is there anything on that note, is there anything that we can do personally to become more tolerant and less judgmental in these situations? Well, I think we are judgmental beings and we can't really shut down our judgment, but we can raise our tolerance. And one way of raising our tolerance is to see the, you know, first of all, to give ourselves a break. 
Um, one reason we can get so upset is that we're upset by the fact we're upset. So, um, yeah, you're going to be annoyed just, just like you were at, um, 20, um, you know, um, you're going to be annoyed. You're going to fall into these routines, just breathe and let it go. This isn't how you are all the time, but this is how you are sometimes, and um, also for them, being more tolerant of them, it's this is how this is how they are. They're set in their ways. Um, maybe my partner is right, and they don't mean it, even though it just seems like you know such disrespect or marginalization or downright rudeness to me. But let them be like that. Um, the big picture is it's not going to hurt me. Um, the big picture is that I do have another life and another way of negotiating relationships outside this. Um, and we're all like this. We all have these deep memories. I mean, one way of looking at this is saying, you know, I'm responding to this because of my emotional history. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm really stuck there now. You know, I am bigger than this, even though, uh, even though um, it's it's consuming at this moment. So I think a lot of it is being kinder to yourself and seeing them in the broader picture. They are like this with you. You know, a lot of people are like this with their in-laws, or and particularly on you know holiday happy occasions. Um, but, um, you know, they're also good people and they have contributed a lot to this family. So um, kind to yourself and bigger picture. And what about, do, do we, should we sometimes just accept that a disagreement is inevitable? Just give in. Well, I think a disagree, disagreements are inevitable and um, being afraid of them so that you either run away and shut everything down is difficult because becomes awkward and you feel frustrated or um, hammering it out until everyone in the room sees you're right <laughs> is also not a good way forward. Um, so uh, again, looking at a disagreement through personal curiosity is the best way forward. You know, okay, I don't see it that way. I don't agree, but you know, tell me more. Why, why do you feel that? And I think that approach shows that you're showing some respect for them as well, um, instead of just resistance. You know, I don't want to know what you're thinking. You know, what you're thinking is wrong. Um, and then you can have a real conversation and that can be amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when should we consider avoiding the situation altogether? When should we just opt out? Okay, that is a really difficult question both to ask and to consider. Um, and there are cases when, um, you know, family gatherings or interactions with people are just so upsetting and so destabilizing that you think this isn't doing anyone any good. And even if there's a bigger picture of you know, they have some good points and there's some good points in our relationship. It's just so painful. And I, you know, I brood uh, for, for days, for weeks. It sends me into depression. I doubt myself. You know, it's not worth it. There are people and there are times when you have to 
ask this question. There are no rules for how you answer it. But and and cutting yourself off from a family is really painful. But sometimes the pain of not doing it is such that you have to accept that. You know, it's it's a really tough situation. I um, you know, I sympathize enormously for anyone who is in that situation. Uh, and it's something that each person has to ask themselves, you know, is this, is the pain such that I really can't continue this? Um, and, you know, that's tough, but some people really face that tough question. What's the biggest thing we should all keep in mind when we're dealing with difficult family members or a fractious situation? What's the thing we should just keep right at the front of our mind? I remember Terry said this, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one, since we're talking about the holidays, we're not responsible for everyone's happiness. We are not responsible for this being um, the perfect occasion for everyone. Um, and then, of course, you know, people are really different. They see the world in different ways, and this can make them very annoying. Um, but on the whole, for the most part, we really do get an awful lot out of being with people and being in a family. Yeah. Thank you so much, Terry. This has been incredibly useful. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure for me and great talking to you. That was Dr. Terry Apter. She's a psychologist and Cambridge University academic who specializes in dealing with difficult relationships. She's also the author of What Do You Want From Me? Learning to Get Along With In-Laws and Passing Judgment, Praise and Blame in Everyday Life. I'll pop the links to the books and how you can contact and get in touch with Terry Apter and find out more about her work in the bio. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend about what we're up to because we would love to have them in our little self-improvement club. Until next time, I'm Ed Stott, and I sincerely hope that's helpful.